seems like it was weeks ago, not just eight days ago, that Cam Smith won the Open at St Andrews, the 150th edition. A lot seems to have happened since then as well. Wayne Persky joins us from the Sunshine Coast Golf Centre. Wayne, good morning. Good morning, boys. There's always lots to talk about golf at the moment, isn't there? It's it's, uh, it's really good to uh, be talking about golf a lot in the media, you know, whether it be Cam Smith's win or the, the battle between tours and some resurging golf careers. It's um, it's pretty awesome to be talking about golf in the mainstream media a lot. We just mentioned uh, earlier in the show, Wayne, uh, Carrie Webb won a uh, women's seniors event, if I can uh, put it that way, in the US. Um, uh, pipped Annika Sorenstam, and uh, I mentioned, yeah, that most people thought it was between Carrie Webb and Peter Thompson as our greatest golfer, our greatest Australian golfer, and a listener texted in and said, oh, no, no, Norman by a street because of his effect on golf in this country. Uh, you got a view on who our greatest golfer is? Yeah, look, this is a debate. You know, this 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 rages on social media, this debate um, in, all, in all levels, you know, whether it's Tiger versus Jack or, mm. you know, Norman versus Kari, Peter Thompson, obviously, with five British Opens. People tend to weigh up majors tending to be, you know, the hugest thing that you can win. And they are. There's only four a, week, four a year, five for women. Um, so you get very limited opportunity to win them. It's only the best of the best, and you know what they, the, the weight they carry. Um, but I think the other stuff counts. Um, Greg Norman won, you know, close to 100 tournaments worldwide. Um, so not just in Australia, not just in America, but Europe, Japan, Asia, you know, across the, the whole lot. We know how good he was. You know, he had some unfortunate luck at times and some may say he choked a few times but he won you know he represented australia all over the place um kari did the same kari i think she took home about seven majors um Mm. which is unbelievable and was world number one for for years in a in an era that had um annika sorenstam and laura davies and the like so Mm. look it's a debate that rages forever but for me um it's hard to go past the shark um just for what he did on the yep. golf course, you know, take away what he did to draw people into the game, what he did to, you know, promote the sport, just what he did on the golf course with wins, um, got to go with the shark. Mm-hmm. Peter Thompson was obviously a completely different era when he was at his prime, Wayne. Uh, yeah, not only did he win five British Opens, but he also had a total of ten Open Championships from other countries as well. So he was a man for the world. He certainly got out there and played everywhere. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, this is a day when a lot of the time they would have to get on a ship to go yeah. somewhere, you know. Imagine sitting on a boat for six weeks as a preparation for the British Open. Wouldn't have been uh, wouldn't have been easy when the other guys are out there practising every day. So, um, yeah, that's a pretty impressive feat. Um, the, only, the, other, the other guy that deserves a mention for winning a lot of Opens was a bloke I played a fair bit with, Craig Parry. Mm, Craig yes. Parry won six National Opens. Um, in, in different countries. So, yeah, including the Australian Open a couple of times. So, um, yeah, when you fly the flag and win our country's National Open um, in six different countries, that's pretty impressive. What would he be doing now, Craig Perry? He hasn't sort of gone onto the senior circuit at all. Uh, Wayne, do you ever sort of uh, hear about what he's up to? Yeah, he's, he's into his course design. So, okay, right um, on. Yeah, he does a bit of course design in Sydney. He's, he's um, doing a lot of redesigning of, of golf courses and making them, um, modernising them, 
and rather than making them, I like the way Craig goes about his business. He, instead of making them longer, he's just making them trickier and giving people options. So mm. at every level of the game, um, they find the course fun. So I, I like that. Mm. Wayne, it seems as though uh, Live Golf is in the headlines. The third event will take this place this week at the one of the Donald Trump-designed courses or D- Donald Trump-owned courses I should say Henrik Stenson was probably the big signing, the the current European Ryder Cup captain. And I'll tell you what, there's been a lot of current players that haven't been uh, uh, short of coming across with a, with a few words of advice for Henrik. He's really copped it by a couple of players. Eddie Pepperell in particular really gave it to him. Mm, yeah, it's um, look, it's it's an interesting time in golf. Um, it seems like Liv's winning at the moment. Um, you know, there's lots of rumours. There was there was huge rumours about Cam Smith going to to live after the the Open Championship. He's obviously decided to, whichever he, he was, quite sheepish in his answer. Um, he didn't say yes and he didn't say no, but he's held off a little bit, which I think is smart. You know, enjoy your time as the Open champion. I think every Australian that lives in America has had a drink out of the claret jug by now. (laughs) (laughs) Going on social media um, videos that get out. There's nowhere to hide these days. Everyone's got a phone. So plenty of blokes drinking out of the claret jug at the moment. So he's decided to keep that decision um, a little bit longer. But, yeah, talk about um, Hideki Matsuyama going to um, live, which would be huge and obviously their biggest um, signing so far, including Dustin Johnson. They're talking about something like $400 million to get Hideki Matsuyama across. So, look, if stuff like this keeps happening, it will end up being the Premier Tour. Um, the PGA Tour the week after the British Open was pretty diminished and um, Tony Finau came away with the win. Always good to see Tony get a win. I love uh, I love Tony Finau. Um, he's staying loyal to the PGA Tour for now. Um, yeah, look, it's a really interesting time. Any time that we're watching good golf, I'm happy. Yeah, it's interesting, Wayne. A lot of the criticism of the live concept comes from uh, the no-cut uh, situation with golfers. Even Ernie Els recently said 54 holes, no cut. It's not serious. I mean, uh, the cut obviously meaning you can play one week no matter who you are for nothing. Um, do you think that sort of diminishes the competitiveness of a, of a tournament if there's no cut? Or once you get up to the top, they're still trying as hard, cut or no cut? I kind of think it does. Um, we've been doing that for a little while. Like the World Golf Championship events mm. have had, you know, last place getting paid for, for years and no one really said anything about that. The thing that sort of I don't really like is the 54-hole thing. Like mm. I've grown up knowing that you've got to play really good golf for four days, which is not easy to do. It mm. seems like it's, you know, the tournament's cut off after three rounds, <laughs> like a rain delay or something mm. like that, and then... It just seems a little bit easier. There's something about having to do, having to hold the lead for four days that um, is unique with golf, and uh, that's the only thing that I don't really like. I don't mind them getting paid, um, you know, appearance fees or whatever. That, that's fine. We see that in rugby league. We see that in baseball. We see that in the NFL. I don't have a problem with them. These guys have expenses. They have teams that they need to pay. All of that stuff. I like the team aspect of of live golf. Um, but, yeah, I would make it 72 holes mm. and I'd probably throw a little cut in there. I, I, I'm also not a huge fan of a 48-man field. You know, I, I, I think we can fit more people on the golf course than that. Mm. Wayne, uh, you made mention there of the teams 
concept, how you like that. And the word is that Greg Norman's trying to, to put together an Aussie team. And obviously Cameron Smith is the one you're after. I live really want him because he's the number two golfer in the world. But also uh, Adam Scott and Mark Leishman's name have been mentioned. They've been mentioned a couple of times. But no mention of Jason Day. Is there a reason behind that? Yeah, look, you know, you, you, Jason Day would have been one of the obvious choices, you know, by what they've, the guys that jump ship first, um, you know, the guys in the twilight of their career, um, you know, you'd have to say Jason's in that boat, um, Adam's in that boat, Mark Leishman's still pretty relevant, um, Cam obviously in the form of his life, so it would be good to have an Australian team to root for, um, you know, that's the thing that's missing in golf, that's the thing that they they've sort of targeted with Ryder Cup and President's Cup to try to get a team sort of format that, you know, people can buy merchandise and you can you can have a, you know, team Aussie hat and, and, and root for that team when you go to golf. Um, it would bring in a different aspect and something that's different. Um, but, yeah, we, we've just got to wait and see. As far as Jason goes, um, I wouldn't write him off yet. As long as he's fit, I think he'll be over there at some stage. And in terms of uh, golf over the weekend, we had the fourth of the uh, women's majors at uh, the Evian Masters and uh, sort of a wild old finish uh, in the US where Tony uh, Finau uh, won, uh, won. Yeah, Tony, Tony, you know, Tony's only had three wins and um, this is his third win. He had his family there. He's got five kids. Um, huge amount of money that he has accumulated um, in his career. He should probably have, you know, 15 to 20 wins by now, but he seems to be the perennial second placer. Um, hopefully this opens up the gates and um, we'll see Tony Finau really featuring in the, the FedEx Cup. It'll be good to see him do that. He's a lovely fella. Mm. How does Scott Piercy come back from that? Had a massive lead with five or six shots. Uh, yeah, I think it was the second last hole on day three and he put his last sh- approach shot into the water, cost him a shot then he's effectively given up 10 shots in one round of golf because he finished at five under over for the day. Yeah, look, it happens. Um, you know, he'll have to go back to his team and work out what went wrong and then try to make sure that that doesn't happen again. But that's the thing about the PGA Tour. Every week you've got an opportunity to basically win the lotto. So he'll, um, he'll move on from that. But when he's finished, when his time's up and he looks back at his career, it's probably one that he'll look at as... Um, a regret and one that got away. Um, but, yeah, everyone has a couple of those in their career. Um, maybe not Tiger Woods, but uh, most of us have stuffed it up at some stage. Now, Wayne, we know you go to a lot of golf tournaments whenever you can and you, you take family. Did you ever think you'd have to take someone to a golf course during a championship game and say, listen, if you see a golf ball come off the fairway into the rough <laughs> and it's rolling down the uh, in between the trees, don't pick it up as we saw <laughs> over there in France, someone pick it up and raise it above their heads and say, hey, look what I found, a golf ball. <laughs> I've never seen an official run so fast to someone holding a golf ball, though. You would think that that's probably one of the obvious things is, you know, when you're at a golf course, you're watching professional players, don't pick up any ball that you find, any random ball. I've seen some funny things, though. I remember watching a an Indian player called Jeev Milka Singh, and he was quite a character. And he had a little run of form there for a little while that was it was just fantastic. He got himself in the top 50 in the world. He was playing in a World Golf Championship event over in China, and he was playing really well. He hit it out to the right, and uh, a bloke just sort of looked down, and, oh, there's a ball. He picked it up, put it in his pocket, and then um, one of the other 
One of the other patrons came flying in with a uh, a karate kick that uh, <laughs> chopped, him, <laughs> chopped him in half on uh, on television, which was quite funny. And then Jeef, Jeef walking up in his very Indian accent saying, you know, where the hell's my ball? And that trying to drag it out of this guy's pocket. Uh, it does happen, and it's pretty funny when it does. But as long as someone sees it, you're all good. Well, uh, Wayne, and we had, as we mentioned, the fourth of the uh, ladies' majors. The Australians were sort of there or thereabouts with Hannah Green um, sort of not too far back, but uh, a good win to Brooke Henderson. And we're hoping, I suppose, for Minji Lee and a couple of more to come to the fore at the uh, British Open for women, which I think is at Muirfield this year, which is uh, wonderful for the ladies to be playing on a British Open course. It's part of the men's uh, roster as well. Yeah, I think, look, we, we've got to be pretty confident with our girls at the moment. Um, Minji and Hannah are leading the charge, and they're both in outstanding form. They seem to be in contention every week. Um, I don't think it'll be very long before Minji is the world number one um, and winning. She's already got two majors in the bank, Hannah with one. Um, I think we're going to see our Aussie girls bring home a few more, and wasn't it fantastic to see uh, our old matriarch, Kari Webb, yeah. um, came through with the LPGA Senior Open this week um, in a really good duel with Annika Sorenstam. You know, it's these girls might be getting um, a little bit in with the grey hair, but uh, class is forever, and watching those two go at it, it was like dialing back the clock. Uh, Muirfield, as, as Andrew said, it's one of the... Uh, where the men play the Open as well. And, Wayne, someone said to me, you've got to watch... The, it's better to watch the girls play these courses simply because... They actually play them as they were designed to be played, as in the original uh, bunkers and other areas of the course are brought into play because, obviously, they're not hitting the ball 320 metres off the tee. They're back to, you know, 240, 250. So you see the golf course played as it was designed maybe 200 years ago. Yeah, exactly. The girls girls now hit it as far as, as the professional players did, you know, 20 or 30 years ago. Mm. So it was actually five five women on the LPGA Tour that averaged a longer distance than Greg Norman did in 1986. So, sure. yeah, that's uh, it's a it's a nod back. But, you, you know, I remember watching Greg Norman hit shots into par fours with five irons and four irons, and that's how the girls play. So, mm. And that's how, you know, most average golfers um, in the elite category would probably hit it too. You know, I'm talking single-figure markers would be hitting the ball about... 240, 250 metres on a Lynx-style golf course and hitting, you know, six, seven, five irons into par fours the way the course was designed rather than what we see these days with these unbelievable golf athletes that, that you know, hitting at 400-plus yards last week in the British Open. It's, um, it's certainly not how the course was designed originally. Um, impressive to watch, but these guys just overpowered. It's a different game. So it is good to fun to watch the girls. Good on you, Wayne. Thank you so much for that. Always a pleasure. We'll catch up next week. Look forward to it, boys. Have a great week.